Hello and welcome to Socks on Tap. This is episode 8. I am Tony Marchese. I am joined by my Shy Socks weekly co-host, Shy Socks John to John Suarez. John, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing fucking awesome, Tony. That might have been the greatest baseball game I have ever watched in my entire life, dude, start to finish. Dude, that was just insane. I mean, you, I'm looking at this box score right now. I have no idea how the hell we even break this down, dude. Um it's it was something else and the finish was perfect although there's a lot to unpack from this one um the Sox did beat the tigers by the score of 12 to 11 it came out of tim anderson walk off home run um let's get into a few things here um carlos rodan did not look good to start this game no, Carlos Rodon did not look good at all. In fact, Carlos Rodon, I believe, gave up eight earned runs on nine hits in three innings pitch. Did not look like the ace that we have seen so far this year. That bumped his ERA all the way up to almost five. He's got a 494 ERA now. But what bit him the most was the long ball tone. Yeah, he was giving up dingers, dingers, dingers all day. Um, that You look at the pitching matchup of this game, and you did not expect what you got at the final box score at all. Um, I was there. Rodon did not look crisp at all. He also got bit by the walk. He gave up three walks. I don't know how he ended up striking out five guys. Um, it, it just didn't seem like he had it there. Uh, but Daniel Norris on the other side, he he wasn't too clean himself. He, he gave up one homer. He did strike out five as well, too, but uh, also gave up ten hits. Between both of the starters, you're giving up 19 hits in a ball game. You know this one's going to be um, a little bit funky. Um, Carson Fulmer came in to relieve Rodon, and I don't know about you, John, but when I see Carson Fulmer trot in from the bullpen, it's not screaming the Sox are going to win this game. Yeah, so Carson Fulmer's seen uh, some early action in a few games over the last week for the Sox since he got recalled, and he seems to be our... The Manny Banuelos of new, you know, the Sox just DFA'd Irvin Santana. I don't know if you guys have talked about it yet on Sox on Tap, but... We have not. Yeah, so they're going to have to fill that role with probably Manny Banuelos or maybe Carson Fulmer. Hopefully not Dylan Covey, but yeah, so We all Carson know how we Fulmer, feel about Dylan Covey. Yeah, Carson Fulmer, uh, he did give up a home run, um, but he looked decent. He looked. He didn't look too awful. You know, the control is always going to be an issue with Carson Fulmer, I feel like. But he got five strikeouts over three innings. So his strikeout numbers are starting to pump up, which is encouraging. I honestly think the bullpen's the role for Carson Fulmer. You know, we talked about it heading into this year. And I just I think he's going to end up being a bullpen guy moving forward. The Sox need to be able to maximize his potential. You know, and if he's not doing that as a starter, then sure. Let him work three inning games out of the bullpen. Let him be our long-term reliever. And I'm all for it. Yeah, this is exactly what I like to see Carson Fulmer doing. I mean, he kept the game somewhat in check. 
he gave up two earned runs. I mean, the damage was mainly done when the when the Tigers were hitting off Rodon. So Carson Fulmer comes in. He only gives up two runs. And then you move into Nate Jones, and he gets through two-thirds of an inning untouched. I mean, he did give up a hit, but he didn't give up any runs. And then you go to Kelton Herrera, and you finish it off with Kalame. That's It's an interesting line of pitchers that you see come through that bullpen that, in, in that game. Um, you would have liked to have seen Rodon go maybe six, seven innings and not give up eight runs, but uh, the Sox offense bailed him out here. Uh, let's get into a few other things. Uh, very scary moment in this game. Um, I was unfortunately unable to witness it because of my viewing angle at the time. Uh, I was out in left field trying to get a funnel cake, and I heard a loud crash, and the crowd kind of give off one of those giant sighs. And that that crash was Eloy Jimenez going into the left field wall. Um, I don't know if you caught this play on TV, John, but if you want to break it down, uh, that'd be helpful because I, I still haven't gotten a chance to catch the replay on this one. Yeah, so Grayson Griner, had, uh, he had hit a home run in the third inning off Carlos Rodon, and it looked like it was barely going to clear the fence, but it actually cleared the fence by quite a bit. So what had happened was... Eloy Jimenez was running in for the ball to try and rob the home run, and he just kind of ran out of real estate. I, I mean, he's still trying to get used to left field at at the cell, but I don't know. It wasn't a good look. He's had a couple really questionable plays in the outfield, and basically he did like a jujitsu kick, like straight into the wall. And at first, it looked like he had like a like a quad type injury, the way he was like looking at his leg. And then when he had stood up, he was like struggling to rotate his ankle. So they, he, he got diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. Um, the MRIs or the x-rays were negative and he has an MRI today. Uh, the socks are off today. So hopefully we'll get that news to you guys sooner opposed to later. I can see a short DL stint coming for Eli Jimenez though. I can as well. I, I I was able to peek over and kind of watch him get up and, and walk off the field with the trainer. He did not look good. Um, you know, the fans were given an ovation for him. I know you had said something in our group chat about the, the cameras kind of caught him crying. Yeah, um, he looked like he was kind of wincing heading into the clubhouse, and then the camera, like, cut away because it realized, like, probably should bad it was. Yeah, yeah it probably shouldn't show that, so... Yeah, that, I mean, and that's that's rough because Eli just came back from uh, the bereavement list uh, yesterday, uh, first game back, and that's what led to that um, the DFA of Irvin Santana. Uh, we got a little blog up there I, I wrote on on Tap Sportsnet. Uh, you can go check that out. But this is rough go so far for Eloy in his you know early stages of the major league career. He has not seen major success we've now got um Vladimir Guerrero Jr. getting all the attention <clears throat> I think that might have helped him seeing Vlad Jr. come up and and kind of get some of the public eye off of him um so I was kind of looking forward to that and then he goes and gets hurt right in the beginning of this game um and I actually thought for a while there once they brought Engel in that that was going to be the difference in the game when uh, Engel was coming up to some of those key at bats late in the game it's you way way rather have Eloy Jimenez's bat at that point in time. So even Ricky Renteria had kind of realized that yes. and gave Nicky gave Nicky Delmonico a pinch hit opportunity to come in for Angle because he's an offensive liability. We all know this at this point. So yeah, like you had said, not excited to see Eloy or, or Angle fill in for Eloy. Yeah, no, that was. I was very happy that that Ricky decided to pull that uh, 
pull that little move there. I can't remember what inning it was. This game kind of ran it together. Was late. I, it's it's all like you guys got to bear with us because so much happened, and I don't even know what inning. What I mean, we know like the big innings, like the sixth inning, the Sox scored five runs, but so much fucking happened yeah. over like an hour span in this game, and this it, is, like was crazy. This is a morning after recap. It's like trying to piece back together your night of drinking. Of drinking. This, yes. That's what this Sox game was. This is trying to piece back together your night of drinking, and all you know is that at the end, Tim Anderson just walked it off. Literally. So um, we'll get more towards the end of the game. So in the uh, eighth inning, or no, in the seventh inning, um, Jose Abreu hit what should have been a three-run home run to put the Sox ahead, 12-10. to 10. And what had happened was Jose and Tone said he was at the game, and they didn't really do a good job of no, explaining this to the fans job. that were there. So I was at home watching this game yesterday. So I got the whole breakdown from Stone and Benetti. And basically what had happened was a, they said Abreu had passed Tim Anderson, who thought it was going to be a fly ball, who was trying to tag up, while he was rounding first. So they ended up scoring it as a single by Jose Abreu that Tim Anderson and Leori Garcia scored on. But it was a fucking dinger. And we all know it. It was stupid. Honestly, the way it all went down was ridiculous. But I'm grateful that it happened because, like you had just said, we wouldn't have been able to have the Tim Anderson magic at the end because we would have ended up winning 12-11 to 11 in the top of the ninth. Yeah. And, I mean, walk-off dingers, like we've said before, are cool and tough. We like those. We like cool and tough walk-off dingers. We like when Tim Anderson gets to flip his bat. So, I mean, everything happens for a reason, John. We know that. Everything happens for a reason. But, like you said, that was a dinger. Um my kids were a little mad that they got gypped out of some fireworks. Um, I think that's what they were more pissed off about. And here's me trying to explain to my wife what had happened. Because, like you said, they didn't they didn't explain anything that was going on in the stadium. You saw Jose Abreu hit a home run. All of a sudden, you see um, Gardenhire come out and challenge the play. On what grounds, you don't know. Because when a, when a ball goes over the fence, are you watching what's going on at first base? Or are you watching you, that ball yeah, sailing? All you ever think is like fan interference. And that's what I was thinking. That's what, I, that's what we thought too. So yeah. I, I was talking with my wife. I'm like, I think potentially maybe a fan interfered with the ball. Or it didn't get all the way over. And the fan grabbed it. And they're trying to make this into a ground rule double. Something. And then all of a sudden, without any explanation to the crowd... You see three runs come off the board, and it was now it, like they 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 dropped the sock score back to nine. And I have never heard that place get so upset about something because we all witnessed the ball go over the fence, and now yeah. all of a sudden the socks aren't winning. And then they one by one put the runs back on the board and make it eleven to ten. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" So I was actually like even more angry than the average person because I had a Sox minus one and a half bet, which means the Sox have to win by two runs. And that would have put them ahead 12 to 10. So at the time, I'm sitting there like screaming at my television tone. You have no idea. I was so fucking pissed off. Big better guy right here. Yeah, I ended up not mattering, but oh my goodness. At the moment, whew. Dude, I, I mean, they need to do a better job, I think, in my opinion. And the NHL... I know you're not a big hockey guy. In the NHL, when there's a challenge, the referee comes to center ice at the end of it and explains what happens to the and crowd. Just hits, yeah. hits like one of these or yeah, does he the hits point. One, he, his, he, he does the you know you know the, the almost the safe signal or does the point whatever for the good goal. Um, but they'll actually say you know like 
so-and-so team is challenging offsides or something like that. In baseball so far, they haven't come out and been like, you know, the the Tigers are challenging Jose Abreu crossing Tim Anderson on the base paths. You know, that's what we're looking at. And I think that that's what they need to do, at least for the fans who are at the game, because you get Stone and Benetti breaking it down for you. The people who are at the game are just confused. You gotta you gotta use Gene Honda's beautiful voice and, yeah, and Gene, let the people know. Gene Honda would be great, you know, like there's a challenge on the play and just you know, let people after, know what after it is. Review the ruling on the field. Yes. Gene Honda has the dopest voice of all time. <laughs> Socks on tap, everybody. John is yeah. chugging orange juice. I'm already on the it's, Budweiser's. It's, it's the morning. I'm honestly I'm sick as fuck, dude. I'm I got this like random cold. We're going to, like, Socks on Tap, Shy Socks Weekly, collaborate right here and just turn this into a mini Shy Socks Weekly. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, might my God, re- I'm sick as fuck right now, dude. Might just release it under both. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on a little bit to Tim Anderson, man. Um, guy just doesn't stop. And I think that he's going to win AL Player of the Month, hands down. There's, I, there's really no reason why he shouldn't. I mean, the guy has put up just ridiculous numbers so far to start the season his batting average is now back up over 400 he's sitting at 402 guy's got five home runs 16 rbis uh he's sitting at five doubles through the first month of the season too i mean he's he's got power numbers right now and i gotta give you some credit here because when you made these predictions on the shy Sox weekly prediction show i was like there's no effing way that this is gonna happen and Look at where we're sitting right now through the first month. He's, I think he's it's, tied with Mankato with five for the yeah. lead. Unless Mankato has six now, I think he still has five. So it, It's ridiculous, dude. Um, and then not only that, he's got that clutch factor. Some of the stuff that he's been doing has been really clutch. And I, I have to be honest, I didn't catch the, the walk-off home run. I was with my two kids last night. We left the park in about the eighth inning. We'd been at the ballpark for about five hours. The kids just couldn't take it. I caught the home run. On the car, on the car ride home on the radio, and it just seems so picturesque, man. Just Tim Anderson walking it off with the bat flip. I could get used to that. I don't know about you. I don't know if you caught that at, at the end of the game, um, if you still had the game on. But yeah, oh yeah. There's there's something special about Tim Anderson that it's. I I think this is going to be the start of of many great Tim Anderson seasons. We are very lucky as White Sox fans to have him as our shortstop. Um, yeah. Give me some thoughts on the end of the game, man. Yeah, so um, basically the Sox went 1-2 real quickly in the ninth uh, to Joe Jimenez, who came in to try and uh, hold it for the Tigers to get it to go into extras. Tim Anderson walks up. The first pitch he fucking sees, he turns on it and puts it over the left field fence and launches his bat. With the utmost swagger. Um, Tim Anderson is literally the man. I have been high on Timmy since about halfway through last year when he started to turn it around offensively and his defensive game really started to take form. That's when I would like I started this thing last year where I just say, Timmy, you so nice, and I'm gonna get that shit trending because Timmy is the man, dude. Timmy is by far the most exciting player in all of professional baseball, and I don't want anybody to even try and argue that. He hypes the whole entire 25-man roster Don't come in here with your Javi Baez. Don't come in here with your Javi Baez. Don't. So Javi Baez hit a home run earlier yesterday, or maybe it was was a couple days ago, but my Facebook this morning has been blown up with people sharing this Javi Baez, like, casual home run, no bat flip, no excitement. He just hits a home run. 
Meanwhile, nobody has shared anything about that Tim Anderson within my like local community. But the fact that like Bleacher Report, ESPN, you know, even like big media outlets like Barstool, they all like did something. Oh, yeah. Even Barstool the MLB had account. Some, yeah, Barstool had so, something for, for TA's walk off. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it was all over the place. My girlfriend even sent me like a DM of the fucking video and said all the people in the comments say this guy makes me want to be a White Sox fan. That's the type of stuff we need as White Sox fans. We've been waiting for this ever since guys like Tomei or Canerco left or Jermaine died. We don't have like that star stuff. They didn't promote sale that well in the MLB no, until he did until he did something bad and cut up a bunch of jerseys. So like we need the MLB to propel Tim Anderson, we need those jersey sales to skyrocket, and we need asses in the seats, and Tim Anderson is the type of dude that's going to do that. So, hell yeah, dude. I fucking love Tim Anderson. I've been asking for a Tim Anderson jersey all year. I hope I get it. <laughs> dude, I'm jealous of my son's jersey, dude. Like Literally. At this point in time, I'm jealous of my son's jersey. He's he's rocking that TA jersey. He was he was on the train early, man. He hell was yeah. on that train. He was, uh, he was on that train last year, and... You know, I'm not a big jersey guy. I'm not big on putting players' names on the back of my on the back of my jersey, um, just because you know, I, like even with the Hawks, man, I only have Marion Hosa. That's the only it's jersey. A I have. It's a business. It's, people leave. People, people leave. Yeah. People go all over the place. But I, I'm almost at the point where if there's one player that I would put on the back of the uh, of a jersey, it's Tim Anderson because this guy he has done more for the White Sox than the White Sox have done for themselves. And that's a true statement. I don't care what you want to say. The organization has been in turmoil ever since the whole free agency flop this offseason. And can you imagine how boring this team would be without Tim Anderson on it right now? Yeah, I wouldn't be tuning in like we do. Yeah, <laughs> that's no. for sure. I mean, he, he is he is one of the reasons that we are here. I, I'm I, I say this very cautiously. If there's a if there's a ten day IL stint in Tim Anderson's future, it brings those Sox ratings down lower than than what they are right now, because Tim Anderson, I mean, you said it perfectly, man. There's no other White Sox player who's been promoted the way he's being promoted right now by the MLB, by the major news media outlets. It's it's so good for the White Sox, and all eyes last night were on the South Side of Chicago, and that's the way we want it. Um, Let's take a little bit of a look at what's going on um, up ahead for the White Sox. I know today's game, it's snowing somehow in Chicago. It looks like shit outside. It's terrible outside. Uh, I'm glad that uh, I was able to get out last night and enjoy some baseball because the the weather ahead, guys, does not look good. Um, I've got tickets to two games this week, and I'm pretty sure both of them are going to get rained out. Um, If the Sox do end up playing... They've got a game to, uh, on Sunday tomorrow. That's uh, a one ten start. The old family Sunday at the ballpark. Reynaldo Lopez up against Matthew Boyd. Um, why is Raylo sitting at a seven point four six ERA, Janda? He can't. His control and his slider has just not looked great so far this year. Um, Reynaldo Lopez is kind of having a bit of a. I mean, it's his third year essentially in the MLB but I would consider it kind of a sophomore slump it's his second year second full year with the White Sox and then it happens we see this um guys are used to seeing you they've seen you now so none of your shit's new to them so and all the information is out there for a dude to prep against you so Ronaldo Lopez is kind of like we're at Giolito was at at this point last year he needs to fucking turn it around because that is a guy that needs to be a top end of the rotation piece for us yeah, he does. And 
at this point so far this year, um, I like what you say there, a little bit of a sophomore slump. Um, but, you know, coming up against Matthew Boyd, Boyd's had a hell of a start to this season, sitting at 2-1, and 3.16 year array, 39 strikeouts already. Uh, the Sox had a little bit of trouble with Boyd last time around, I'm pretty sure. Um, we'll see if they get that one in. It's supposed to be nice tomorrow, uh, mid-50s, sunny. But then uh, we've got the Orioles back on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three games set against the O's. All of those are 7-10 starts. Um, the only starter announced in that series is the second turnaround for Manny Banuelos, John. Um, so he did get the nod for the, he's okay. getting the nod. He's getting the nod. Absolutely. Um, there's the, uh, looks like what we're going to be filling in for Irvin Santana here. Uh, Manny Banuelos. Uh, how you feeling about that one? How you feeling about that O series? Let's get some quick little predictions here. And then we'll close this out. Yeah, so we had kind of given like brief predictions on the O series on Shy Sox Weekly, so I'm not going to go too far in depth, but I do feel like the White Sox can easily win Sunday's finale against the Tigers and then turn it around and win two of one against the O's. If they were to do that, they would be sitting at 13 and 15, and if I had to guess, probably like two or three games back in the Central with a lot of... You know, we got games against the Twins, we got games against the Indians, but we do have a tough gauntlet coming up in May. We got to face the Red Sox, you know, we got to get the Yankees again. So we got, I mean, we got the Blue Jays coming in town, we're playing like shit. So we got to take advantage of playing these teams that aren't going to do too much this year. If we have like momentum rolling forward with guys like Tim Anderson hitting walk-offs and hyping up the whole team. So they got to pounce on it now. Um, Obviously, nobody really expects much from the Sox this year. So... You definitely still have to take care of these games where you're playing teams like the Orioles and win those series. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, the weather report does not look good for any of those games. So we'll see if that series even gets played. Uh, of course, Major League Baseball is going to be pushing to get some of these games in. We may see some late nights. This is the last time I believe that Sox play the O's, so there's really not much in the way of uh, makeup games for, for some of these. So. Um, Shit, we'll just see. go back to Baltimore. Yeah, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. So uh, that's all we've got for Sox on Tap. John, uh, cheers to a White Sox victory. Cheers to these brand new um, on Tap Sports crack em koozies that, that our guy Johnny Nani made. Um, these are cool. I like them. Yeah, I got to um, get me one of those. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, one little last plug, uh, the, uh, the Shy Sox Weekly Tailgate coming up. Uh, what's the date on that? May 16th. May 16th, it's um, a Thursday. That's against yeah. the Toronto Blue Jays. We're going to take a little Shy Sox weekly plug right there at Sox on Tap since we've got the OG crew here. Um, that's all I've got, John. What a White Sox win. Yeah, go Sox, baby. Um, obviously, it's not go Sox today, but let's go close that series out tomorrow. Absolutely, go Sox. Go Sox.